Amen. And aren't you glad to know that? Can we clap to our God today? What an awesome God we serve, amen? We have an amazing God that loves us so much. Why don't you go ahead and have a seat this morning? We're gonna sing more in just a, a, a moment. I'm really excited about you being here today. We've got a full house today. We had a great first service. Thanks for being here in this service. It's good to meet some of you who are first-time guests. And we just welcome you because God is doing an amazing thing here in our church community, and we're grateful that you are a part of this. You picked a wonderful Sunday to be here today because we are kicking off a brand-new series called True You. And we're wanting to catch God's vision for our lives, each of our lives personally. And it's going to be an exciting series because this is going to be a series. I love, I love this whole idea of the fact that we just saying this. We have a God that, that is behind. He's behind us. He's in our past, right? He forgives us of our sins and he, he sets things straight for us there. He wraps us and clothes us in his righteousness. But I want you to understand something too, is that we also have a God who is about your future. Amen? He's about where we're heading as well. What is God doing in our lives? And we're going to be looking at that and talking about that so much in this next series. This series is a series about spiritual development. It's a series about growing in the Lord. It's a series about growing to be more like Jesus. And what does that look like? I want to tell you this. I just I want to start off by just declaring this before you. I want to grow this year to be more like Jesus. Are you with me? I mean, I don't want to stay the same. And there are some times where in our faith, we can get stagnant. We can just kind of get stuck. You ever been there? Where you just, you get stuck and you're not growing and, and you're, not, you're not becoming more like the, the image that Christ has shaped you to be. And I'm so thankful for a God that loves me so much. And I love that he's in my life. And I love that because I'm in a personal relationship that I am going to heaven one day. I praise God for that. But here's something, our salvation is not just about us getting to heaven one day. And that's amazing. If God never did anything else for us, that's huge, that's big. But here's, the, here's a great part of our salvation as well, is God wants to be a part of our lives right now. God is a life about transformation, or he's a God of transformation, a God of life change. And, and, and that is what I wanna see happen in my life. And one of the sad realities, this is just so true, about many people is that is that for many folks who call themselves Christians and Christ followers, there's not a lot of growth that they've seen happen in their life. They Many have stayed put and, and many aren't growing spiritually at all or over the years, maybe you've, you look at your life and you're thinking, I haven't grown much or I don't seem to be much different. And a lot of times we're no different than as Christ followers than the way the world handles problems because we haven't experienced some life change in how we deal with some of that. Sometimes our relationships don't look any different than the world's relationships. Sometimes the way we treat our, our physical bodies doesn't look much different. Sometimes we, you know, we just don't look very different in those areas and, 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 and there's not a lot of difference in the way we are uh, now and the way we were whenever we came to place our faith in Jesus if you are a Christ follower, right? And, and here's the deal. God wants us to go deeper with him. I want to go deeper with God this year. I want to invite you to come with me on this journey over the next 40 days. 
where we're gonna beseech him to go deeper with him this year. I'm excited about how our church is growing. And, and as you can see, we have a full group here today and we knew it was gonna be a bigger day today that many people are kind of coming back and getting back in the rhythm of church in their life. And we praise God for that. I praise God that today after this service, we're gonna have a newcomers class where we're gonna have over 50 brand new people that are saying, I'm interested in maybe checking out what it means to be a part of EBC. That's a healthy growing church. We're seeing that, but, but here's the thing that I want to, to just express to you as your pastor today. We don't want to grow to be a crowd. That is not what we're about. We want to be a, a, a healthy, vibrant church that's going deeper in Jesus. Amen, right? We want to go deeper with him. And I want to invite you to come with me on this journey. And, and God wants us to grow deeper in him. Because as we talked about last week, you're going to go through challenges in your life. You're going to go through struggles in your life. And so you need to be anchored in him. This whole series is about going deeper with him in these important areas in our lives that I'm going to hit on in just a moment. But I want to take you first to a passage in Romans chapter 12. In the book of Romans, incredible book that Paul wrote, this letter that he wrote to the church at Rome, the first 11 chapters, Paul is talking about this grace of Jesus and, and how when we place our faith in Jesus and, and all that Jesus did for us, and then you get to chapter 12, and now what Paul is going to say, because of the grace of Jesus, this is what our response of our lives should be to that grace, all right? And he says this, and so dear brothers and sisters, He's saying, listen to me, church, my dear church, I plead with you to give your, what does it say? Bodies, your bodies to God because of all that he has done for you. So begin to contemplate if you're a Christian and you've been saved, he saved you, right? And you're going to heaven one day, but he wants to be in your life right now. He wants to bring transformation now. Let them be a living, your lives, a living and holy sacrifice the sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. This is how we worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a what? New person. Someone that looks different, where you're not staying the same. And he says, by changing the way you think, that's the true you. We're gonna, we're gonna catch that vision of that in this series. It's not what the world says you should look like. It's not what the world dictates that your image should be or, or what you should, it's, this, it's who he made you to be, the transforming uh, power of God in our lives. And, and we wanna capture that. And now the next part of the verse says, then he says, then, that's after you sacrifice or offer yourselves as a living sacrifice, when you offer your lives to him, you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. You want to know what God has for you? He says, start by bringing me your life. Lay your life out for me. So over the next 40 days, we're going to ask God to help us grow. Over the next 40 days, we want to ask God to do something powerful in our lives and in our church. I want to ask you this. Just be, be straight with me here. How many of you say, man, I really want to grow this year. I want, I want my life to be different. I don't want to just cruise through life and just kind of without purpose and just go through another 12 months and I'm not any different than I was last time, last year. No, God, I want to grow this year in so many different ways. 
Well, that's, I'm with you. I, I raised my hand in that. That's who God made us to be, is to grow to look more like Jesus. And no matter how long you've been a believer, some of you have been a believer for a while, but you've not grown in a while. No matter how long you've been a believer, there's always room to grow more. And we're going to discover that in this series. We're going to discover what Paul says. And then he says this, I want you to start by giving me your bodies. I want you to start by offering your life to, to Christ, to bring yourself. And here's what we're going to do right now. We're going to sing in just a second, but I want you, before we sing this song, I want you to get your heart ready for this because Christ is inviting you to the altar to, to be with him at this moment. And he's saying, I want you to bring your life. But he says, you know, in the Old Testament, they would bring an animal and they would sacrifice and it would be a dead sacrifice on that altar. He said, I don't want that. What I want is I want a living sacrifice. I want your life. And he said, this is the way we worship. Can I just say this just very bluntly? I love when we sing. You know what? God doesn't want our songs when our hearts aren't matching what we're singing. What God wants is he wants our lives. Can we just just surrender right now before we sing anymore let's just come to the altar let's just dedicate this series to him let's just say God here I am can we just pray right now God here I am I'm at this altar just pause be still before him right now quiet yourself in his presence would you just begin to surrender these areas of your life there may be areas you're not pleased with right now or areas you're worried about areas you're concerned about you know, maybe even just as, an, as a posture before God, as you feel led, you might even just physically open your hands before God and just say, God, I just surrender everything to you right now. I want to be a living sacrifice. Pastor Danny last week talked about why we raise our hands and when we worship, it's, a, it's an act of surrender. It's an act of saying, here I am, Father. Daddy, I'm here. I'm coming before you. So God, I just, I just surrender before you come to the altar. I want my life to be a life that's growing to look more like you. Lord, I, I want to offer myself to you. I want to give you more than a song today. I don't want to just go through the motions of singing. I don't want to go through another year of just the motions of coming to church, God. I want to give you my life. I don't want to stay the same. And I'm so thankful that you love me and that I don't have to do this to make you love me more. I can't make you love me more. You already love me. You love me so much that I want to, I know that you even want to give me the power for growth and change. So God, would you have your way in my life? I come to the altar of Jesus in surrender. I want to grow. Thank you, Lord, for your grace. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to invite you to stand back up with me. And as we sing this song, just continue in that heart of worship right now. Bringing your life as a living sacrifice to the altar of our living God. Sing. We welcome you, Lord, in this place. Lord, we welcome you in our lives. Lord, we're hungry for you today. We don't want to just, as I said earlier, go through the motions of just coming to church and being in this place. Lord, we need you. We want you. So God, would you, 
Would you move among us at this very moment? Your word tells us you inhabit the praises of your people. We know you are with us right now, God. And so, Father, we bless your name. We ask you to teach us from your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and have a seat. So we come and we begin this series today by, and I'm going to give you a bit of an introduction today. We come by first just surrendering, right, and saying, here I am, God. God, I'm ready for you to do something special and different within me. I don't, I don't want just any other old series. I don't want to just come to church. God, I'm really, truly hungry for you. I want to know you in a deeper way. And so here's the thing that I really want you to capture this today. We're not doing these, this series, or we're not going to look at each of these components of this series to try to get God to love us more. Do you just know this, that God's just crazy about you? Amen, right? Amen. That he already loves you. That his grace is so deep and it's so wide, we're going to read about in a moment. But here's the thing. I want you to hear this, okay? Write this down if you're taking some notes. And, and we invite you. We say this all the time. God tells us to come to him as we are. So you don't have to clean yourself up to come to the altar of God. He tells us to come to him as we are. But this is so powerful about our God. But he loves us too much to leave us that way. We have a God that accepts us and loves us and he welcomes us at the altar of God and he doesn't say you gotta clean yourself up, get your life together, all that before you come to him. No, he says, and that's what he's saying, I'm bidding you come to the altar. Come to me today with whatever you've been going through, with whatever your past is, whatever your history is. He says, come to the altar. But here's the deal, I love you so much. I'm gonna forgive you for that and I'm gonna make you righteous because of the blood of Jesus Christ, but I love you so much that I don't wanna leave you the way that you are. I have plans for your future. I want to do something in your life that's going to bring about transformation. I don't want your faith in me to be stagnant. I don't want you to get stuck. I want you to be going forward. So God says, come as you are, but he wants to transform us. He loves us enough to give us a future. He deals with our past, yes, but he says, but I've got a future for you too. And I want to do something in your life until that day where either I return and come back for you or until these physical bodies wear out. In the meantime, you have a mission and it's to become more like my son Jesus. It's to look more like him. You see, there's, pro there's a process of our, what's, what our salvation is. There's, there's three processes there. One is called, and, and let me just give you some quick theology here. It's called justification. It deals past tense. It deals with, with what's happened in the past. And he justifies us and forgives us and clothes us in righteousness. And the second part of our salvation is, is this word here. And don't let this kind of scare you or whatever. But it's called sanctification, all right? And I know that's a churchy word, but here's what it means. It means that he's doing something in our life right now, all right? He's, he, he, where it was, uh, he has saved us. Here is, he is saving us right now, okay? He's growing us to be more like Jesus right now. That's present tense. And then there's something that is the third part of this. It's called glorification, which is one day, all right, when these bodies wear out, and again, whether Jesus returns for us first or whether these bodies wear out, one day at that day, whenever, whenever he calls us all together and, we, and, he, and the return of Christ, you're going to be given a glorified body, a body that is, that is different than the one that you have. And I know we all say amen to that, right? Because these bodies wear out. But God wants us to grow in the meantime. He doesn't want you to live in the past 
And he doesn't want you to get so caught up in the future that you miss out on what he wants to do right now. He's a God of today, a God of working in your life right now. And he wants to grow you in some key areas, areas that are important in your life. And if you're not growing, if you're not changing, if you're not if, if, if you're not going to this place of, 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 of seeing transformation begin to happen in your life, then you more than likely would be spiritually unhealthy, okay? And, and I don't want to like bring condemnation to you today because what I want to do is I want to bring you into this series because God loves you. He wants to see something happen in your life, right? And, and when we have a group of spiritually unhealthy people, that's what often produces spiritually unhealthy churches, which is why I want to see us as individuals go deeper this year because I want to see our church go deeper. I want to see us go deeper in, in what we know of following Christ. And, and really, I will tell you this, I think it's pretty commonplace to see that, that, that there's a lot of spiritual stagnation in the, in the American church today. There's a lot of people that are bored with their faith. There's a lot of people that aren't experiencing the fullness of life that God really wants us to have. And, and, and here's the thing. I think God wants to wake us up. And he says, I have something for you, church. I have this that's gonna be powerful. And many people are just kind of existing. And maybe you feel that way right now. You don't feel like you have a, a, a sense of fulfillment with your life. Maybe you're a little bored with your life. And maybe you're busy, but you're still bored because we can be busy, right? We're some busy people. But maybe you don't feel like you're achieving your purpose. Maybe you don't feel like anything powerful is happening and there's not been any growth and not ch you're not changing, you're staying the same. And what I see happening a lot of times is sometimes we don't just stay the same. Many times, if you stay in that spot for a while, you're not gonna be growing forward, you're gonna regress spiritually. And I see that happen a lot. And it breaks my heart because I know God, and I've had that happen in my own life, by the way. So we want to grow more. You said earlier, I said, who wants to grow? You said, I want to grow this year. We're committing before God. We want to grow, God. And again, we're telling him that. Well, there's going to be some key areas where we want to capture God's vision, not our vision for our lives, but God's vision for some key areas. So I want to just give you just a little bit of an overview of where we're going to be going in the, in the next 40 days, in the next six weeks or so. We're going to be looking at some specific areas where we're going to ask God to help us grow. We're going to ask God, first of all, starting next week, we're going to say, I want to grow deeper spiritually this year, God. I don't want to stay the same. I don't want to be complacent. I don't want to be lukewarm. God, will you take me deeper spiritually? And this is going to start with our hearts. We're going to bring our hearts before God, and we're going to say, God, this is the year I want to go deeper in you like I never have before. I, I, and, and here's the deal. you gotta, you got to begin to decide that you want to do that. If you don't have any determination to do that, you're going to stay the same. And we'll come 12 months from now, and you'll have grown no more spiritually than you did because I can't make you grow. I can't force it upon you. I, I, I can't, all I can do is be responsible for myself in, in this. So we're gonna start, last week, as we talked about kind of anxiety and dealing with some of those things, we, we ended up in a passage in Matthew chapter six where he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and these things, these other things will be added. So that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna start by seeking the kingdom of God. We wanna grow deeper spiritually first, amen, right? 
We're going to start right there next week. The following week, we're going to begin to talk about our physical health because here is what I'll tell you is that whenever one of these areas is not working properly or you're kind of out of balance, as I'll share in just a second, then it it impacts and affects all the other areas. So we're going to talk about in the second week of this series, what's God's vision for me physically? How, how should I be taking care of myself? And is this just about me and my own vanity? Well, we're going to learn that that's not, as believers, that's not what we're about. We want to do it for another reason, okay? The third thing we're going to talk about is, is we want to ask God to transform the way that we relate to money. We want to ask God to show us how should we relate to money differently than the world does. And, and this is one of the biggest stressors that people deal with in, our, in their lives. And, and when it's out of balance, it messes up their, their life in a big way. So we're going to ask God to teach us there. Relational health. We're going to look at this. We want to catch God's his vision for how do I relate to others because when my relationships aren't right or my marriage isn't right or I'm broken in relationships all around me, it is definitely, it is definitely going to be hard to grow. So we want to grow in our relationships this year. And then we're going to talk about our vocational health. We're going to talk about this important area where you will spend most of your days, you spend them at, at your place where you work, whether it's in the home or whether it's outside the home. Right? I mean, and, and we've got to talk about this. God has things to say about, about a lot of people think that, that your purpose is just to make more money at your job. And, if, and, and many times I talk to people every week who hate their jobs. But what if you caught God's vision for your life no matter where you worked? And then your work became, it was just a, kind of your mission field. What if you caught that, right? And so we're going to talk about that. And then we're going to talk about our mental health and, and catching God's idea and asking him to transform our church in what we understand mental health issues to be. We're going to be looking at that. And so I'm so excited about this series, but here is the deal. When one of those areas is out of balance, they're all connected, the whole, the whole wheel. We're going to look at this. I want to bring the wheel up here, okay? We have, the, we have the image of the wheel. Okay, all right. I was talking to my brother-in-law, uh, Dustin, the other day, and we were just talking about this area, and he and I kind of sometimes, we talk about uh, our health and our physical health, and we, we get ideas, we encourage one another and stuff, and we tease each other sometimes too, but here's what we were saying. And Dustin had a great illustration. He said, Bart, the way I kind of see this as you're telling me about this series is it's like this bicycle wheel. And, and you turn a bicycle upside down and maybe you're gonna work on the wheel or the spokes or something like that. And each of these areas are key spokes, okay? But if one of these gets out of balance, he said, it's like taking the wheel and you spin the wheel and then that wheel's just doing this. It's just wobbling. It's so out of balance, Okay, so what we want to say is, God, will you help us put any of these areas that's out of balance, will you help us put it back in balance? So this is going to be a series of balance. We wear, uh, a lot of us have these, uh, these, these wristband things here, and, and here's what this one says. We made these for our church planters about a year and a half ago, and we give them to church planters that we work with because here's what Jerry and I know. We know that if, if you as a pastor, as a church planter, as a leader, if your life is out of balance, you are not going to finish well. And this is what this series is about. It's about life being in balance. It's about finishing your race that you're in well. It's about, it's about completing that well. So a, a key verse, this isn't our main text, okay, because we're going to dig in on another text today, but a key verse that, that really God's kind of used to, to challenge me 
And I wanna challenge you with, it's found in Proverbs chapter 29, and it's a key verse for the entirety of the series. In our small groups, we'll bring this verse up probably at the beginning of our teaching time regularly just to remind you of this. That when, and here's what, here's what the, the, uh, the writer of Proverbs says. He says, when people do not accept divine guidance, he says this, what do they do? They run wild. When you don't accept what God's plan is for you, then a lot of times you just run wild. All right. Another way that translates, and, and maybe this is the way you've heard it before, the King James is what I grew up with, and where there is no vision, the people, what do you know what to say? Perish, okay? All right. That's not the best way of saying that verse because here's what it sounds like. It sounds like it's just your vision. If you just catch any vision, no, what, the, what the, the word literally means is this. It's God's vision. It's God's plan. Where, where, there, where that isn't present in your life, God's vision for you, people cast off restraint is the way it translates. And what do we do? We try to, make, we try to do life our own way. And what do we do? We make messes, don't we? Man, I've made a mess whenever I've not done it God's way or I've tried it my way and I've just made mess after mess after mess. We cast off restraint. But look at the rest of the verse. They run wild, but whoever obeys uh, the law or, the, or God's word or we catch that vision, that person is what? Joyful. If you decide to start doing these, these areas that we're gonna be talking about, the spiritual development, the physical development, financial, relational, vocational, and even the way we approach mental health, if we begin to catch God's vision for our lives in those areas, you get your life in balance, and here's what he says, you're gonna have joy. You're gonna have peace. You're gonna have a sense of purpose. You're gonna, you're gonna experience fulfillment in your life. You're gonna begin to discover who God has made you to be. You're gonna capture, you're gonna capture God's vision for your life. And that's what we're asking God to do. Show me, show me, God. Don't, I don't want the world to dictate the way I'm supposed to look or be or what. I want you to show me and, and give me your vision. So that's what we're asking God. How does this begin to happen? Again, introduction today. Well, it starts by doing what we did about 15 minutes ago, saying, here I am, God, I'm just surrendering to you. I'm coming to you with my hands open. I'm, I'm not gonna control freak this thing. I'm gonna open my hands. I'm gonna say, God, I'm coming before you. I'm asking you to begin to do a work in my life. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm hungry to grow. And, and, and here's the thing. Maybe your heart isn't there yet, but I'm just praying and knowing this, that if you hang around here for a little bit, God and, and the Holy Spirit, he's gonna begin to tenderize your heart in this. And you may, maybe your heart's not there, but you'll just begin to just begin to say this, God, I'm ready for you to begin to do this work in my life. So you start by surrender. You start by surrender. And the Holy Spirit, if you're a believer, lives inside of you and he begins to do this work in your life that you can't even do, all right? He is living, active, he's transforming, but here's what he also does. He also partners with us. He partners with us through what we call spiritual disciplines. Spiritual disciplines that are important. And what that means is where you do your part, not 
because it's a list of something that a pastor told you to do. It's because it's not a legalistic thing. It's because in response to this, you're saying, I, I just, I've got, I'm going to do my part. I want to, I want to grow. This doesn't get you saved. This is just you saying, I'm going to, I'm going to participate with the work of the Holy Spirit in my life. I don't want to get to the end of my life and never have grown. Do you? Man, I don't want to do that. I want to finish well. I want to run this race hard. I want to finish well. I want to live it intentionally. I don't want to cruise through another year of life. And then the next thing you know, five years goes by, no growth. Next thing you know, 10 years goes by, no growth. You know what I'm saying? And then you get to the end of your life and it's like, I never grew. I missed the target. I missed it. You know, I've done, I've done a lot of funerals in 29 years of ministry. And um, my Uncle Bob's funeral was not this past Friday, but the Friday before. He was 92 years old. And, and a lot of times, okay, when you do a funeral, you'll go and you'll visit with the family. And you want to, if you don't know that person very well, you want to learn about them. And so you go and you sit with them. And I sat with, with my family as well as his other side of the family. Uh, and, and this funeral was one of the easiest funerals I've ever done not just because he was a family member, but because he finished well. He finished well. And, and sometimes whenever you're sitting with families and you say, tell me a little bit about, I want you to tell me things about him that I don't know. Tell me things so I can, because I want to bring those things up. And I love to, I love to at a funeral like that. First they said, well, he's a, he, he, you know he loved Jesus. And I'm like, yeah, he did. He loved Jesus. And you saw that in his life because the fruit of the spirit was very evident in his life. You saw a lot of joy and love and peace, patience, all that kind of stuff, okay? And you saw that was evident in his life. And he lived that way. And, and, and I love to bring in funny stories and, and people, they were telling, and I, I, I tell you, I couldn't get them to quit telling stories about him. They had so many stories to tell about him and things that when we laughed in that funeral, we celebrated. Yes, some people cried and because we miss him now, but here's the deal. I got, it was the easiest funeral to do because we were celebrating the fact that Uncle Bob finished well. He finished strong. He loved Jesus and he loved people and it was evidence in his life. Now, I've done other funerals, okay, that aren't so easy. Where I've gone and I've sat with the family and I'll maybe say, well, tell me about, and I didn't know them very well. Tell me about their spiritual journey and nobody has anything to say there. You know, automatically, whenever that's the first question that I usually ask and nobody knows anything, I mean, I don't know whether a person is in heaven or hell. That's between them and the Lord. I just know this, that there wasn't a lot of fruit in that person's life. And I know this, it's going to be a tough funeral. It's going to be difficult. And, and tell me about that person, you know. And I did one a few years ago, okay. And I know that it, I know that it was nobody that anybody in here knows, okay. But I went into that and I sat down with them and I said, tell me about this person. I want to know a little bit more about them because I want to personalize it. The family that was sitting with me who actually agreed to because I couldn't even hardly get them together. They didn't even really want to be there. I said, tell me about him. Nobody had anything to say. We were at the end of this man's life. Nobody had anything. Everyone's looking at the floor. It's just this awkward silence. Finally, someone says, oh, um, he loves cigars. <laughs> thinking, how am I going to work that into the message, all right? Um, crickets, crickets, crickets. Next thing you know, someone says, 
Oh, he loved the Dallas Cowboys, but not the Dallas Cowboys right now. Not them. That's what they said. He loved the Tom Landry Dallas Cowboys. All right. That was it. I walked away from that. First of all, going, what am I going to say? I don't know what I'm going to say in this. It's one of the hardest funerals. I just point people to Jesus in those funerals because, again, I didn't have anything to say about him without being disingenuous. And um, I thought, am I going to say at the end of the funeral today, we will be passing out cigars in honor of Billy. Um, (laughs) After I pray at the end, we're going to say, one, two, three, go Cowboys, all right? (laughs) But in all seriousness, it was very sad. Very sad. And and I got to tell you, I've done more... I've done way too many funerals like that. I don't want to see you finish like that. I don't want to finish like that. Are you with me? I want to get to a place where people at the end of my life, unless Jesus comes back but at first, but at the end of my life, people say, man, he loved Jesus. He went deep with Jesus. He, he changed lives because he was invested in people. He cared about things that mattered, Right? That's what I want to see happen with you. I want to see happen with me. I want to see legacy happen. I want a legacy in my life. Here's another thing to write down, all right? So we want to get there. I don't want to, I don't want to miss my purpose. I don't want you to miss your purpose. It was so sad and tragic in that funeral because I realized this guy did not finish the race. He didn't finish the race. He got distracted somewhere along. He got focused in on things that didn't matter, right? People's lives could have been impacted in his life because God puts people in our lives for reasons. And he wants to use you to impact the lives that are around you. God wants you to go deeper with him this year. That's got to be the first thing. I want to go deeper with you this year. I want to be different, all right? So here's the next thing to write down is this is a thought. I don't know exactly who said this. I heard Andy Stanley say it one time, and and it it really impacted me, but I don't know if he came up with it. I just, I won't take credit for it, all right? Here's what I, I I heard someone say. Everyone ends up somewhere. Only some people end up somewhere on purpose, You're going to end up somewhere next year, somewhere five years from now, somewhere 10 years from now, somewhere at the end of your life. But are you going to end up somewhere on purpose? Is there going to be intentionality that happens in your life? All right? And think of the end of your life as this target that you're trying to hit, okay? And you want to know Jesus and you want to go deeper with Jesus. And the center of the bullseye is that's where you're trying to get the end of your life, finishing the race well. Some of us will miss the target if we don't get intentional. Some of you will will maybe hit the target somewhere, but, but you'll have gotten distracted, but you hit the target, right? You finished, but you didn't finish well. To finish well, you want to hit the center, the bullseye. That's finishing well. But to do that, you got to get intentional. It's not just going to happen haphazardly. Can I just tell you this? You are not going to just grow spiritually this year by osmosis. You're not going to grow because your wife grows this year or, or your husband grows this year. 
It's not just going to happen. you got to get intentional this year. you got to say, I'm going to dig in on some of these areas where God can grow me. You're not going to grow just by visiting this place, uh, you know, uh, every now and then here. And I, I'm, again, I'm not trying to make this about church attendance because that's the last thing this is about. You're not going to grow just, just hearing me speak. you got to get intentional in these areas just in the same manner that you're just not going to be this physically fit specimen unless you do something about it, right? You're not, it's, I don't know, that doesn't happen for me. In fact, what I've discovered is if I'm not intentional in these areas, I start falling apart. Do you do that, right? Right? I start gaining weight. I start getting more stressed out. I start uh, regressing in my spiritual walk. Uh, and the next thing you know, I'm stressed out. I mean, do you, you see what I'm saying? You got to get intentional. You got to say, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something with this. The Holy Spirit is at work within you and he does the transforming, but you've got to partner with him in us. He said, I'm calling you to step up this year. I'm calling you to do something different. We've been doing it this way in your life for far too long. You've cast off restraint. You're running wild. Come on, let's do it my way. Let's do it my way and let's see what happens in your life. Because it says that this, that's when we start experiencing joy. That's when we start experiencing his peace. All right. I'm excited about this series because a lot of the series we do deal with our past. They deal with problems. They deal with, uh, you know, the pressures. You know, I'm so excited about this series. It deals with our future and it deals with possibilities. It deals with how different we can look going forward. I'm not talking just image, our image. I'm talking about catching God's image of who the true you, who God's called you to be. But you got to get intentional, okay, right? If you don't have any goals for your spiritual life, physical life, financial, likely you're going to end up in a mess in those areas. It's kind of that natural law, that second law of thermodynamics, right, where things go from order to chaos, and, and, and you got to be intentional, okay? So let me give you some reasons for intentionality, reasons for intentional growth, where you're going to say, along with me, I'm going to partner with the Holy Spirit in this. I want to set some goals. Every week over the next six weeks, I'm going to challenge you to a new goal, a new goal in your life, spiritually, physically, financially, relationally, vocationally. I'm going to challenge you every week, okay? So it's important that you're here, all right? But, but reasons for this, number one, I have a spiritual responsibility. If I'm going to end up somewhere on purpose, I'm going to set some goals. The goal is that bullseye, right? And I'm going to, I'm going to set some goals. I have a spiritual responsibility. God is a God of goals. He has a goal for this universe. He has a goal for your life, a goal for your family, right? The, this great, incredible book that God has given us is filled with people who had goals, it's filled with people who were intentional, okay? And not just cruising through life, bored. Man, this is a book of adventure. When people partnered with God and said, I'm gonna jump on board with you, God, one of those guys was the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul was a man who lived with some incredible goals. By the way, Jesus always announced his goals publicly. If you study his life, you'll see Jesus would say, I'm gonna be going to the cross. That was his goal to get there. I'm going to be raising from the dead. I'll be, he would announce these publicly, okay? I'm going to be empowering you with the Holy Spirit. He's announcing this publicly. A lot of people didn't get it when he was saying it, but he's announcing this, right? 
That's what you're doing. You're turning this from just a dream to some goals specifically, all right? So Paul said this, and he's in prison. In Philippians chapter three, Paul says this. See if you can discern what Paul's goal is. You ready? He's going through a hard time. I want to know Christ. Hint, hint, hint. Do you see his goal? Yeah, I'm going through it right now. I may be beheaded soon. I'm going through this stuff, but I'll tell you what, I'm not giving up. I want to know him deeper. I want to know Christ. I want to experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead, and I got to dwell in on that this week. I want that. I want that. I don't want that power for my purposes. I want that power of the Holy Spirit in my life that others see, man, there's something going on with that guy's life. And then it, it, it reflects glory to God because God's doing something powerful, right? I want to know the power of God in my life. I want to know Jesus. I want to know the Holy Spirit, the same power that raised him from the dead. That was his main goal. He even goes on and he says this as he's suffering. I want to suffer for him. I'll, because I know this, that as I suffer, I'm going to learn to be more like Jesus. These things I'm going through are not pointless. If, as long as it's for Jesus, he says, I'm okay. Sharing in his death, I'm going to die to my old self, and I want to be raised in a brand new person in Christ, so that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. Now, and this is what I love about Paul. He's at the end of his life. He's, he's, he's you know, things are in, the, in the, the, the last season there of his life, and now he says this. I don't mean to say this, that I've already achieved these things. What Paul is saying is, I'm not there yet. I haven't reached my goal I haven't already reached perfection. I know I'm not what God yet wants me to be. What Paul is saying is this, even while I'm in prison, I am gonna keep seeking to grow in God. Even while I'm here, I'm not going to just coast through life. I'm gonna have purpose. I'm not gonna get stagnant. I wanna grow. That's what Paul's saying, right? He goes on and he says this, I have room for growth. So this is what he says, even while he's in prison. So I press on. I'm gonna get intent. I press on to possess that perfection. That's that sanctification of looking like Jesus, okay? He's not there yet. For which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, my dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. And it really translates yet. Yet, I'm not there but this is what he's going to say. But I'm going to get intentional. I'm going to focus. I'm going to focus on this one thing. I'm not going to live in the past. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race. I want to hit the bullseye. I don't want to miss the target. That's finishing well. And then he says this, and I'll receive the heavenly prize. By the way, God rewards that kind of faithfulness. Receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling. So Paul was goal-oriented. We have a spiritual responsibility to do this. See, you're either going to live your life by design or the way that God has you designed, or you're just going to fall into a default mode. And our default mode is just coasting. 
right? That's kind of what we do. Or you're going to get intentional, right? And if you don't have goals for your life, you're going to spend most of your life reacting to what's going on in life rather than being proactive, you're just gonna to react to circumstances. You're gonna to react to whatever comes along. You're, you're not gonna have a clear direction. You're gonna be coasting. Remember, everyone ends up somewhere, but only a few people end up somewhere on purpose. So here's your question. Your question is, where are you gonna end up? Where are you going to end up? Are you the kind of person who's gonna miss the bullseye that God has for your life, or are you gonna miss the target? If you don't have clear goals, you're gonna have a hard time knowing how to finish well because you don't know what the finish line is supposed to be about. You gotta know what that finish line is about. Paul says, I've caught the vision. I've caught the vision of my goal. I keep pressing into Jesus. I'm going through difficulty. I'm straining ahead. I haven't reached it yet. And if Paul wasn't there, here's what that tells me. I'm not anywhere close. If Paul wasn't there, neither are you. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter if you're 85 years old here today. Here, here's, and Pastor Randy and I, had, we had dinner together last night. Our families did with some other friends. And we were talking about growing. And Pastor Randy said one of his mentors told him this. He says, if you're green, you'll grow. If you're ripe, you'll rot. And I thought, man, I'm hanging on to that. That's good because here's what it says. No matter how spiritually deep you may already be, you're not at the finish line yet. Keep pressing in. Keep saying, Lord, I'm not satisfied. I want more of you. I want to grow to know you more is what Paul said. I want to know him deeper. And here's the second part of this, okay? This is a, it's a spiritual responsibility, but here's the thing. It's also a statement of faith. When you begin to say, I'm going to grow this year, you're putting yourself out there, right? I'm going to grow spiritually. You just put yourself out there, especially when you announce it publicly, especially when you put it on paper and it's not just up here and you're saying, I'm going to grow. I'm going I'm to challenge you every week to, to get specific about how you're going to grow spiritually this year, how you're going to grow physically in that area, how you're going to grow financially. I'm going to challenge you every week in that, okay? And, 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 and here's the deal. It's going to take faith. And when you say, I'm doing this, you're going to have to exercise faith. And by the way, it's faith that pleases God. So you're going to get stretched. You want to set some goals that are going to stretch you, that are going to cause you to grow, cause you to change, right? But you have a big God that's going to partner with you in this, all right? Paul's going to point out these being intentional and in these spiritual habits, and he's going to point out that we have a big God that can handle our big dreams, Ephesians 3.16, he says this, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resource, resources that he will, and I'm praying this for you and for me, that he will empower you. Because here's the deal. I don't want to go through this series on my own power. I don't want to try to do this on my own. I can't do it. I'm going to fail again. I need God's power. I want this power in my life, right, that he says. And he said, I'm praying that with his unlimited resources, that's our God, unlimited resources. He will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will empower you with his inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Now watch this. Your roots, your roots will grow down into God's love and they will do what? Keep you strong. 
You see, maybe this last year or the last few years, you've not been where your roots have been deep in Jesus. So maybe you've gone through some difficulties like we talked about last week. And, and, and it's like this hurricane has blown through your life and your roots were not deep, or, or, right? And, and what he's saying is you're gonna go through stuff in this life. I want your roots deep in me because I want you to be strong. I wanna keep you strong as you go through what you're going through. And may you have the power to understand, as we just contemplate this, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience, I'm praying this for you, the love of Christ. Where you don't just know about it, may you experience it. Experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to even understand fully. Now watch, as you begin to capture that, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life. Your wheel is gonna be in balance. You're gonna be growing in the Lord, the fullness of life and the power that comes from God. Now, I love this verse right here. Now, all glory to God, because God's gonna get the glory as you grow. All glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish, what's he gonna do? More than you can even dream up. You know, I am a big dreamer. Do you have dreams? I'm a dreamer, man. Nobody is around here, our staff, they get worried when I start dreaming a little bit. I'm just saying, all right? I get these ideas, especially when I'm out running and I come back and I tell them and they're like, you've been running, right? And because I get, I get these dreams that just I have in my, and, and they're big dreams. And here's what he's saying. He's saying, I can do so much more than you can ever dream up, Bart. And I got the power to do these things. You, you, my, my, I'm infinite. Your mind is finite, Man, I have these dreams. EVC, when we first planted it over 18 years ago, it was a big dream. And I, I just knew God was going to do something big. I didn't know how he would do it. I didn't know how he would do it through someone like me and use me in certain ways. And it's all a God thing. And, and, and we just continue to grow. And I praise God for that. EVC was a huge dream. This hope ministry this year is going to be a huge dream. It's a dream we have of seeing God do something in our community that's never been done before. Um, I had a dream when I was really uh, in terrible shape several years ago, and I gained a ton of weight. I'm going to be telling you more of my story here in a few weeks and what God did in my life in that area of, of really convicting me that something needed to change there. And then while I was getting in shape, I caught this dream uh, one day while I was running, and I said this. I said, I'm going to run the Boston Marathon, or I'm going to qualify is what I said. I'm going to qualify for the Boston Marathon. And then I, I put myself out there, and I told, I told you I'm going to qualify for the— I, I announced it. I was in trouble at this point, all right? because I put it out there. And then a few years ago, I ran the Houston Marathon and I qualified for the Boston Marathon. Now, those of you who are new around here, you should know that I didn't get to run it because I qualified, but I missed it by eight seconds, all right, to get in, to get to run it. And um, it was because I stopped and I rode that bull down there for just eight seconds, okay? <laughs> and I mean, I'm telling you, it was, it was crazy. Um, but I missed it. But, but the thing is, is dream big, can I tell you that? Dream big this year. Don't coast through another life or another year in this life. Dream big. And God says, I've got more for you this year. Here's the third and final thing. 
My goals help me focus on what matters most. If you don't know what your goals are, you're going to get distracted. You're going to start focusing in and you'll spend months, if not years, focusing on things that don't matter. You're going to get to the end of your life, the end of your race, and you're going to be like, why did I focus so much attention on that? It, it did not matter whenever you know your goal and you're gonna go after that goal, when you know what that is, that's what Paul said. It's gonna help you focus. Paul said, this one thing I do, I focus in on. He says in verse 13 of Philippians, no, dear brothers and sisters, he says, I'm not there. I'm still growing, but I focus on this one thing. You see, it's, it's this power of focus. Some of us, we don't have any power in our lives because we don't know what our purpose is. And so you're not, you don't experience the power of God. You're dabbling in all these things that aren't going to matter and stuff. And he's saying, I want you to begin, to, you may have to begin to narrow some things down, to let go of some things. They may even be good things, but they may not be the best things for you. Are you with me? Where you got to say, I got to say no to some things so I can say yes to what God is calling me to. That's where we want to go, okay? That's what I want to go. So to really, to really, is, and it's, it's like this, you know, light dis, diffused, it's not very powerful, but whenever it's focused, it can be a laser beam. Or when you were a kid, did you ever play with a magnifying glass in the sun? Anybody do that? Okay. We know who the pyros are right now, all right? I might have done that with some grass, and it, it's focused light, Maybe some ants, too, may have suffered. I'm just saying, all right? Um, but, but it's focused, and, and, and we're gonna, so we're going to focus. I'm going to challenge you in this. We're going to focus together some key areas in these spokes of the wheel of our life, and there are things that we're going to do to challenge you to grow, okay? Now, as I, as I share this with you, I, I want to say this to you one more time. This is very clear because this is, this, is, this is important to me, that this list that I'm sharing with you, you don't receive this as some legalistic list, because if you just go through the motions of legalism, let me just tell you, you missed it. That's not what this is about. But there are spiritual disciplines that will help you. Okay? They're good things. All right? And, and, and so here's what we're going to challenge you to do, some spiritual disciplines of growth. We're going to challenge you, if you're not already doing this, to start spending time daily with God into devotional. Next week, we're even going to direct you to a devotional to where you say, okay, over the next 40 days, I'm going to really focus on doing this. I'm going to make it a priority. I'm going to focus on this, okay? And, and I, I promise you, you spend some time with God, it's going to change you. You spend time with him, and you will slow down, sit down even for five minutes and say, I need to be with my Savior for a little bit. It's going to change you because you cannot encounter Jesus and be the same. So we want to help you with that some, okay? All right? The other thing is, and, and again, I know that you can't make it every Sunday or whatever. People get sick and all that. And if you are sick, you maybe don't want to come, all right? But here's the deal. I want to challenge you to come consistently to worship. Come consistently to worship with us over the next 40 days. I don't want you to miss a week because you may miss a week and you may miss what God's wanting to say to you that week where you would grow more. Now, as I said, don't get, I'm not going to be legalistic about this or anything. I'm just saying maybe you would say, I, I want to make this a priority. I want to grow. I want to be challenged every week. Number three. We want you to get plugged in in some kind of way. If you call EVC your home, now if you're a guest, 
There's no pressure in any way. But if, you, if you're starting to come here for a while, maybe you haven't even gone through membership or anything, that's okay, all right? Maybe you would just say, I realize I want to start contributing in the sense of giving of myself. I want, I want to serve some people. I want to use my gifts, my skills, my abilities. If, you, if you're still around here kicking the tires, I'm not talking to you right now. I'm talking about if you're coming and you call EVC your home, then, then what if we decided, you've heard me say it, I don't want to be a cruise liner church where it's just, hey, just a little entertainment for you or whatever. No, we're an aircraft carrier. And an aircraft carrier means this, to be fully functioning, everybody has a part, right? Maybe you're the pilot we've been waiting on. I want to be one of the guys on the flight deck going, have you seen those guys? I love that. I just hurt myself. Okay, I guess I can't do that job. Good grief. Um, that's why we're working on physical part of this. Number four, moving on. I just gave you an image you never wanted to see ever again, right? Number four, here's what we want to challenge you to do because this is important. We want to challenge you. If you're not in, a, in some kind of group with some other believers, you need to be in a small group of some kind. Even if you're not, maybe, maybe God's calling you to start one. We'll help you. We've already recorded some things to help you with this. We've done, we want to challenge you. You need to be meeting with other believers because the scripture says iron sharpens iron. One man sharpens another man. I'm in a group with this man right down here. We get together nearly every Wednesday. And, and there's another one, whenever he's able to we, get to, we were getting together. And I'm so thankful for these men in my life because they challenge me. And it's a safe place to, to grow and it's a safe place to say, man, I'm struggling. We text each other and, hey, pray for me about this. or Here's what I'm trying to tell you. Our church is growing. It's getting bigger uh, in numbers, as I told you. It is. That's happening. And the thing that keeps me up at night, and then I have to give it to God, is this, is that we become a big church that's just a crowd of people that don't know each other. And I know you can't know everybody. In fact, I don't know everybody here. I can't. But you're meant to know some people and to be known by people. You need people in your life. As we close in this, I want you to hear from a couple in our church that they're new to our church, but they stepped out in faith and they, they plugged into a life group and it's been powerful for them. Listen to their story. My name's Chris. This is my wife, Ryan, and we're the Murphys and we've been going to EBC for about two years now. So what made us want to join a life group is um, we've I think we've both known that it's been a missing piece of the puzzle for us. And um, when we came to EVC about two years ago, uh, it was truly an answered prayer. So we moved to Saginaw two years ago, um, and we're both not from this area, and Saginaw was actually last on our list of places we wanted to come. Um, just the fear of the unknown. We, don't, we didn't know anything about Saginaw, but our biggest prayer was um, for God to lead us to a place, um, a community that we could really just get plugged in, find a church, find a group, and it's funny because we ended up in a place that we, you know, the last place we really wanted to be at, which was Saginaw, but it was the easiest time we've ever had getting plugged into a church and getting plugged into a life group, and 
Um, we're just, we've been really grateful for that. And community is really essential to just living the way God wants you to. Because when you come together, it's so much easier. Life is easier, mm -hmm. I feel like. Um, just experiencing life with everyone around you in your small group. Being a part of a life group has been uh, so important for us uh, for so many different reasons. Um, I think the biggest reason is accountability, uh, and accountability in so many different ways. Um, I know, I think we're, we're close enough to our life group that if we were to not show up for a couple of weeks and I didn't check in, um, I think I can count on somebody picking up the phone and texting or calling me. and and seeing if I'm okay, and I think it's really comforting knowing that um, we have people who would notice if we're going through something or um, if we need help with anything, they're going to be there for us. And same with us, we're, we're there for them, and it's, it's fun getting to go through life together. It's fun um, getting to know God together and um, growing and encouraging each other. It's just it's so important to us. We are constantly encouraging each other to um, not be complacent, to keep going, to grow deeper, and um, just keep walking with God. It's neat to have people that you can rely on and share your life with uh, the ups and downs, and just knowing that people really care, and that uh, also struggles and different things that you're going through, you don't feel like you're alone. Because we have community, we have people to go to when we're having bad days, good days, um, and it's just, it's fun having family, and we look forward to Sundays, we look forward to Wednesdays, and um, it's definitely like going home because we have people that we know here. I'm so glad that we took that chance and walked into the room that, that one day after being invited, and um, we've never looked back since. Man, I'm trying to figure out... I'm trying to figure out why they didn't want to come to Saginaw for a while, man. <laughs> but I'm glad they did end up here. Now they're a part of a family. And they have family in their life. And you're meant to have family in your life. And so we're going to sing in response to God. Again, these things that I, I'm going to challenge you in, I don't want them to be legalistic. I want them to be driven by the love that God has for you, the grace of God. What did Paul say? I'm praying for the, you, you will experience and know how deep and wide and great the love of God is. Man, I want to know that, don't you? And experience that. So let's just go to him right now in, pr in prayer and let's just again, let's just, here we are in surrender. Father, thank you that you are right here with us at this moment. Sometimes we don't realize it. You inhabit the praises of your people is what you, you tell us. You live inside of our, of, our, of our lives. You dwell in these tents. These are your tabernacles, God. The temple of the Holy Spirit lives in us. Lord, today I pray for this, that your spirit would speak to your people today they would bask in the love of Jesus, 
that they wouldn't be moved to do these things because of anything that I have said of my own thoughts or whatever, but Lord, it would truly be your spirit that through your love and your drawing, you call us to be more like your son, Jesus. I'm thankful that we serve a God who, who loves us and bids us to come to the altar as we are, but you love us too much to leave us that way. When we encounter you, living God, you change us. So Father, we welcome you. Asking his love, will you stand up? Let's sing to him.